0: Welcome to the Marketplace Movement, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week, we are on Part 7.5 of There's Work to be Done. We will learn, in order to live the standard, we must make the choice to put God's will first. So as always, please grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year to live the standard.
1: This is all recap. We have to make sure that we know what the will of God is, so make sure you know. Number two, I have to make sure they know. So in other words, everyone around me needs to be clear on what God has called me to do. I can't let somebody else define me. Amen. When you let somebody else define you, they will. If you let somebody else define you, they will then have an entire concept of what you're supposed to be in their life. Alright, so I make sure I know, I make sure they know, and then I make sure nobody forgets. That was number three. So I make sure I know, I make sure they know, I make sure nobody forgets. Are y'all good with your notes? Alright, let's move forward. I must, and this is where I want to deal with tonight, we must choose the will of God. The will of God is a choice that we must make. It's one thing to know the will of God, but you have to choose the will of God. So write down the word choose in in your, in your notes. We understand choose to mean that we're making a selection, that I'm selecting a thing, that I'm saying I want this. But in the scripture, not only does this verb mean to make a selection, but it also means to set someone or something into a new position or a special position in our life to set someone or something into a new position or a special position in our life. So when I am choosing God's will for my life, not only am I selecting God's will for my life, but I'm saying that I am putting God's will in a new position or a special position in my life. Let's do it another way. If the will of God is God's desire, if the will of God is God's decree, if the will of God is what he chooses to happen, then what I'm saying is, God, I'm going to take your desire and I'm going to put that in a specific place in my life. I'll give it to you another way. I'm going to make sure that what you want is first. Y'all catch that? To choose the will of God is not simply to acknowledge his will but it's to select his will and put it as first place. Here's scripture. Seek ye what? There we go. So when I choose the will of God, choosing the will of God is making a selection saying, God, I believe that your will or your desire or your decree or what you wish to happen, I believe that that is important and I'm going to show you how important your will is by putting it as first place in my life. Okay, so I need to take God's will and make it the first thing in my life. It is the lens through which I must see everything else. The will of God for my life is the lens through which I must see everything else in my life. Every decision, every conversation, every relationship. I must look at that and go, God, what does your will say about this? Not what does my will because it is easy to be governed by our emotions. Does that make sense? It's really, really simple to do. I'm having a good day. I th- I want to make these decisions based upon the type of day I'm having. Therefore, when I'm having a bad day, I want to make these decisions based upon the type of day I'm having. But when the will of God determines my behavior, good day, bad day makes no difference. Because my emotion, my will, my desire has nothing to do with what I do. For we walk by... Not by Okay. So that scripture that says we walk by faith and not by sight is really an exchange of our senses. I know we read that we walk by faith and not by sight. But sight, when we, when we read that, we need to read that as the senses of man. Faith, when we read that, we need to read it as the senses of the kingdom or the senses of God. So I'm supposed to walk not by my own senses, but by his senses. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do as opposed to what I want to do. Okay? That's choosing God's will. Choosing God's will says, Lord, not only have I selected your will is best, I have demonstrated that your will is best by where I placed your will in my life. It's about placement. I want y'all to think about that for a minute. Because sometimes, here's the truth: we default to God's will instead of choosing. Did y'all catch that? Alright, Lord, I tried the other 10 things that I thought were good, so I'm gonna default to my last resort. Amen. Think about the song we sing, When Nothing Else Could Help. <laughs> love lifted me. Really, really? Think about that. Think about those lyrics. Tried everything else to help. That couldn't do it. So here was here was love. That's <laughs> right. Searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. <laughs> Looked high and low. Couldn't find nobody. Think about those lyrics, y'all. What we're saying is that I defaulted to your will, yeah. as opposed to I made your will my choice. Yeah, did y'all catch that? In other words, your will will do. Choosing the will of God is about making appropriate selection and making that selection first place in our life. Okay, it's like it's like going into your closet and you really want to wear this thing, but that thing that you really want to wear is not clean, right? So actually, you don't choose the next outfit, outfit. The outfit that you chose was the one you wanted to wear. The other outfit will do. You see the difference? The other outfit's not your choice. The other outfit is the one you defaulted to because your choice was not available. So, so I really want us to think for a second. Are we choosing God or are we settling for it? Are we saying, Lord, I've I've, I've chosen you, or are we saying, Lord, you will do? So choosing the will of God is not only about selecting his will for your life, but it's about recognition. Your will is best, and it's about putting the time in, because putting God first, that takes work. Okay, let let me say this before I move on to the text. Putting God first requires us to put everything else next. Think about what I just said. Putting God first is not simply about saying it's first. It's about showing it's first. And in order for that to happen, there's some stuff I'm going to have to push out of the way. I'm going to have to put some other stuff that, that is taking God's place out of place. Let me remove that. Let me remove that. Let me remove that. Okay? If you want a new thing, you got to be willing to get rid of the old thing that's in the way. Amen? You don't get a new couch and just be like, well, since we got a new couch, we just going to keep the old couch and just set the new couch on top of it. <laughs> or like my parents did, like every time, maybe I don't have parents like mine, I'm going to ask my dad about this one day. Like my parents did, like we buy a new washer and dryer and he just keep the other one. And so like for a while, like we had like three washers and like four dryers all in the basement. I guess he figured he could be efficient. <laughs> So like literally, at one point, he had the guy come in and put like extra plugs in so we could do like extra washing and extra drying because he was like, this one is still okay. And then then he had extras. So we had like plugs for two washers and two dryers plus an extra set over in the corner. I guess there was, was the backups. <laughs> it's like he wouldn't give me nothing. Like there's a backup washer, a backup dryer, and I got two washers and two dryers over here. That's just how we gonna roll. I'm like, that's my dad. But some of us do God like that. Right? Here's what I really want, but God, you my backup, Jesus. Amen? Now, despite the availability of God's will, listen to this, despite the availability of God's will to everybody, all of us in this room have the free will to disobey. Did y'all catch that? Everybody in this room has the free will to disobey God. You are not required. You are not required to obey God. Choosing God's will is legitimately a choice. Now, if we disobey, there are consequences to disobedience. But let me be clear, and this is really what I want to hone in tonight. All of us in this room have free will. Say free will. Say free will. All right, now. when we start talking about free will and we start talking about the will of God you have the will of God choose it you don't have to though you can choose your will let me tell you what choosing your will is not Because this, I grew up under this, this erroneous teaching because the way that this was taught to me was well you have the perfect will of God right and then you got the permissive will of God no you have God's will And then everything else is ours, right? There is no such thing as the permissive will of God. You have the will of God, grace, and mercy. Are y'all feeling what I'm saying here? Now, all of us in this room have free will. As a matter of fact, I'll give you another phrase for, for free will. All of us in this room are what is called free moral agents, which means that we have all of the room in the world To choose what we consider to be right or wrong. Y'all catching what I'm saying? Despite what the scriptures say, you can choose that this is either too right for you or not right enough. You can choose. You don't have to follow it. Now, there's consequences in the kingdom, but we're all free moral agents. Now, the more I dig into this This whole concept of free will There's so many people who want to say Oh no, that's impossible For us to have free will Because, listen to this statement God is in control And if God is in control Is he not controlling Us Here's the truth God knows What we're going to do And in his infinite wisdom He has already Countered All of our free will That's what makes him so powerful He like they gonna do this I've already you know planned for that And they gonna do that And I've planned for that That doesn't take away our free will though Because if we have no free will Our love is not legitimate If we have no free will God is nothing more than a puppet master Simply being a dictator Telling us all what to do But we're all free moral agents You can do what you want to do there's a wage to your sin, but you can do what you want to do. Let's get into it. Turn to Joshua. I'll start here. One of the most familiar. Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Because here's the thing. People will, will quote the text. Y'all know this the text. No, no, no. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish. Yeah, willing. It doesn't say that everybody, that nobody will perish. Basically what that says is, if everything went my way, everybody would be good. But there's going to be some people who choose to disobey. It's a choice. And again, I go back to what I said about choosing. Choosing is not only selection. Choosing is about priority. Just because you go to church don't mean you've chosen God. Just because you read your Bible does not mean you've chosen God amen just because you you have said that you're a Christian doesn't mean that you've chosen God you know a tree by its fruit so the, so when you have chosen God your fruit should be uh it, it should, should demonstrate that choice we should see that you've chosen God by what you do amen oftentimes what and and listen, not what you do during times of peace. That's not the best time to see it. What you do during times of war. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you really want to know what choice somebody has made, put them in a predicament where they would normally wow out and watch. Like, huh, didn't slap nobody. Maybe you did choose. We and Joshua. <laughs> normally they be slapping for but they didn't slap nobody. Y'all know some of y'all got a slapping spirit.
0: <laughs>
1: Joshua twenty four fourteen. We there? No. Yes. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and Egypt, and serve the Lord. Stop. We don't see any choosing there, do we? We see telling. Mm-hmm. Fear the Lord, serve him. Put away. Now here's verse fifteen. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve—whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you notice the writer? If you don't want to do it, don't, don't. He says, "Now I'm going to choose God. You don't have to." You choose whoever you want. We get real. You don't have to choose to forgive. Don't. Go ahead. Don't forgive. It's fine. Even though the Bible says if you do not forgive, he will not forgive you. You can still not forgive. You have the choice to stay in that place, but you cannot complain about the consequence of your choice. God is not going to force us because if he forces us, Our decision is illegitimate. The only thing that makes our decision for the will of God legitimate is the fact that God don't force us to make it. Amen. Are you really married? If you take your spouse and on your wedding day hold a gun to their head and walk them down the aisle, (laughs) you better walk down this aisle. I bet you better walk down this aisle. And the whole time during the vow, say I do. Say I do. (laughs) Say I do. I said say I do. That's not marriage. It's it's illegitimate. But that's why we, with no free will, it's not legitimate. See, God wants us to love him. Let me step back one step here. Watch. The way I was initially brought into relationship with Christ was not through the doorway of love. I was brought to a relationship with Christ, which was really a faux relationship through the doorway of fear. Okay, so so the way that Christ was introduced to me was if you don't, you go burn in hell. Hell is hot, heaven is sweet. This is where you want to go. So by watch, by introducing Christ through the doorway of fear. I never had a relationship with Christ
0: what that was was self-preservation yes.
1: What of course I, To preserve myself I better choose Which meant I wasn't really making the choice of love. I was making the choice for me I didn't choose Jesus and we wonder why when people make the decision to come to Christ through fear the stuff don't stick Because they were never choosing Jesus. They were choosing themselves. When when we introduce people to Christ through the doorway of fear, what they're choosing is self-preservation. I'm choosing me. I'm choosing the love of self. But when I walk through the door of love, I'm legitimately choosing him. The reason we don't introduce Christ that way is because, watch, many times, we can't demonstrate the love of Christ because We want the love of Christ to look a certain way, that looks like culture, that looks like the world. We want the love of Christ to look like things. We want the love of Christ to look like all of these tangibles. And the Lord was like, no, the love of Christ is I could have, but I didn't. Amen? Now, the will of God is not forced upon us. We have to make a decision. Turn to Deuteronomy. Turn to Deuteronomy 30 decide, 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 choose Deuteronomy 30 let's look at this one and let's start at verse 15 now this is God talking because some people would look at the other one and say well, you know, that was the prophet but look at what God says Deuteronomy 30, 15 We ready? See? Watch. I have set before you today life, prosperity, death, adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it, but... If your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So, choose life in order that you may live. You and your descendants. Did y'all see that? He says... I'm going to set before you today a couple options. This option has these benefits. This option has these benefits. If you do not choose the right option, it's going to be all bad. You still have a choice. Y'all catch it? I'm still not going to force you to pick. He literally ended with two bookends, I set before you today. The end of it, I set before you today. He just ended that second one was, Please make the right choice. He didn't say, I sat before you today and I forced you to choose life. He says, choose. Here's here's the truth for, for many of us. Our free will is inconsistent. Oh, boy. We're inconsistent as free moral agents. What we have to do through the love of God, through our spiritual disciplines, is ensure that we're consistent in our choosing. Explain When everything's going good, nobody that made you mad today, you make the life choice. But when it ain't going good, and five people that made you mad before eight a.m., you might not choose life. Because watch this: choosing Monday is not your only choice. Our ability to choose has to continue to make choices. Okay, we're going to see. We'll be honest there are times where we chose the right thing sometimes. Amen. Two people. Then after that, we was like, yeah, and we say stuff like this. I messed up. How many of us have been there? I messed up. I know I wasn't supposed to do that. What are we saying? I was inconsistent in my free will. See, that's the thing. Many of us want God to be a dictator. So we actually don't have to choose. It's like it would be easy. Lord, just make me do it. Go ahead. Be a puppeteer. Here's the other side of that, though. If we don't have free will, every mistake becomes the fault of God. I was reading I was reading a rebuttal against the whole concept of man being a free moral agent. Stop shaking your head over there. I was reading a rebuttal. I sent it to uh, Daphne, and she just face it. And so I was reading a rebuttal of man being a free moral agent, and, and one particular paragraph says, because this this he started off and his thesis was basically man is not a free moral agent, there is no free will. And he said because um, if man is a free moral agent, then everything Adam did in the garden is God's fault, because God. Created the man. Therefore, the creator has to take responsibility for the actions of the creation. Wrong. (laughs) Incorrect. See, the fact that we're free moral agents means that what we do is our fault. That's why we need a savior. Thank God for Jesus. This is why we need him. Here was the response I sent back to Daphne. If you drive your car into my house, I cannot sue the manufacturer of the car because the free moral agent made a decision to drive it into my house. It is not the car's fault that the person driving it did something crazy with the car. Amen. Okay. So just because... That is not God's fault. Amen. It's like if, if, the, if the designer of your house designed the bathroom, you go in the bathroom and say, this makes a terrible bedroom. You cannot sue the architect of the house because it was never the architect's intention for you to try to put your bed in the bathroom. He intended it to be a bathroom. Amen. design to be God's temple And try to make it a temple of harmony, it ain't gonna work right Amen That's not what he designed it for Lord why is it so hard Think about that Right now, because your decisions Have put you in a predicament Amen Now, when we are Having trouble Being consistent with the will of God That's a heart matter not a head matter it's a heart matter when I say heart remember our heart not not cardio but suke it's, it's the seed of our will and our emotions so 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 let me let's look at some text turn to first Kings 11 first y'all catching this okay no yes okay am I going too fast no y'all wouldn't tell me y'all just don't talk First, First Kings 11. I was going to so Are you over here You know what? Y'all pray for that <laughs> Y'all pray for her. She's been giving me a hard time for three days. Pray for me. <laughs> you hushed too. <it. laughs> First Kings 11. Are we there? Okay, watch. Let's look at verse 6. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, did not follow the Lord fully as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab on the mountain, which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus also he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because here it is his heart was turned away from the lord the god of israel who had appeared to him twice so so watch why did solomon make the choice to connect to these four women, to to worship these gods. He made the choice because his heart, or the seat of his will, his emotions, his character is what we would call it right now, had turned away from God, even after God had come to him, not once, but twice. So, you have to look at the condition of the heart. Why? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. i told you before, your mouth is a fruit producer. So what comes out of my mouth is the type of fruit that my life will produce. But the things that come out of my mouth are only based upon the conditions of my heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we have to say, all right, where is my heart at? Let's look at another. Look at 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 12. Our choices are hard. And this is why I tell people all the time, even in the tangible, when you're not in a good headspace, don't make decisions. Worst thing you can do is try to make a decision when you're in a bad headspace. Because you're not going to make a good one. Amen. I'm mad. i tell you what I should do. Nothing. This is not the time to be trying to make no decisions right there because you've already admitted that you are. Listen to our statement. I'm mad. You are state of being. In other words, what you're saying, death not life with the power of tongue, that anger is now my identity. I don't want anger to make this decision. Because if it does, it's going to decide what's best for anger. I'm sad. I should. Nothing. Get around, get around a, a safe environment that's going to make sure that you, they can hear you and love you and care for you. But this is not sounding the time making no decisions. Because once you come to yourself like the prodigal, you might decide that the decision you made when you was out there was the wrong one. All right? 2 Chronicles 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 12. Uh, let's start at verse 13. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah the Ammonite. He did evil. Y'all see that? He did evil. Next word. Because... He did not set his heart to seek the Lord. Y'all see that? Why'd you do that? Because my heart wasn't right. Why did you choose that way? Because my heart wasn't right. The reason I made this choice was based upon the condition of my heart. Not I did that because you did that. Uh uh-uh. I did that because of the condition of my heart. We can't give anybody else in our life to cause us to disobey God's will. And then, watch this, in order for us to truly get free, I'm going to need us to be honest. Stop blaming for me. Don't point the finger. Amen. The reason I lost my cool is because they said this, they did this. No, the reason you lost your cool is because your heart was not prepared for them to act like who you know they are. It's a heart condition. Amen. That text we read first in Kings, the foreign women was trying to get Solomon from the beginning. The foreign women, watch, when Solomon hooked up with them, they were already going to the high place to worship those gods. They never changed. Solomon's the one that did it. Y'all, come on, here. The women kept being who the women were. They never Say, Eat it. It was a heart condition. And that's the way God saw it. This is the way He saw it among the king. I'll give you one more. Still, Second Chronicles, chapter 12. Chapter 12. No, no I just read that one. Mm-hmm. No, that's the only one. Just those two. Alright. <laughs> My bad. Alright, so we gotta understand this. And this is this to me is the most profound thing. Because we look at we look at free will. We look at free will and we go, okay, okay. We have free will, but we're talking about Jesus. Now, let's let's go back to the three things that that we started with. Our three guiding principles for, for, for this series and really for the year. The first one was to live the standard, we must what? Thank you. Number two, Jesus is the visible representation of the what? The standard, Jesus is the visible representation. So he's my blueprint, right? So to live the standard, I got to know the standard. Number two, Jesus is the visible representation of that standard. If I want to know how this standard is to be lived, the best thing I can do is study the life of Jesus. Amen? And, and let me let me say this. When we study Jesus, I need to study all of you. Watch. Normally when we're studying Jesus, we study things like Oh, Jesus did this miracle. Jesus did this miracle. But I don't only want us to study what Jesus did. I need us to study who Jesus was. I want you to look at the whole thing. Like, I want you to look at the things that the story doesn't necessarily tell you. Like, when Jesus kneels down to wash the feet of the twelve, whose feet was he washing? Yeah, yeah. Not, because see, the way we teach it is, look look at that. He washed their feet. Step back one. He, fully man, fully God, washed the feet of people who rejected him, stole from him, discredited him, did not honor him. Oh, now we're studying his life. And that behavior is my blueprint. Oh, because see, when we start seeing things like the works that I do, shall you do also in greater works than these? We love the walk on water part. We love the raised up Lazarus part. But we don't like he gird himself with a towel and washed Judah's feet. No, no, that's not a work he did. It is.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you what else we don't like. And he waited 30
1: years before he started ministry. Oh, we're oh, we we still not in here. In other words, a pattern that Jesus showed us is even though I am that, I need to wait before I go into ministry before until it's God's timing for me. Just like David did. David was anointed king before he even fought Goliath. Y'all with me here? That's a part of the pattern too. So, so if I'm gonna live the standard, I gotta know the standard, and Jesus is the pattern of that standard. That's number two. And then number three, here's our, here's our guiding principle. I gotta do more than admire Jesus. This is not just about admiration. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. No, you're my pattern. Unfortunately, we love good admiration. Right? It makes for great worship. You start, ooh, look at what he did. Ooh, look at what he did. And, and here's the thing. Some of that we don't even believe. I'm not talking about we believe it historically. I'm talking about do we believe it tangibly. Explain. Some of us have a historical Jesus. But we have forgotten that God is a present Jesus. The power that he showed historically is still available to me right now. And if I believe that Jesus was able to do those things then, I have to right now for me, amen, if I believe that the woman with the issue of blood can come behind him, come in contact with him and be healed, then I have to believe that that's a pattern that I can follow right now, amen, if if, if he can straighten up the woman who is bent over, you can do that for me, amen, that's not a good story, it's a blueprint, it's a pattern. Okay, now I say that, I recap that because I need to say this statement. And this statement really got me. But listen to what I'm going to say. Here's, it, it, it's really profound. Jesus had free will. Let us think in for a minute. Think about everything Jesus did. And you think about statements like I only do what I see the Father do. I do nothing unless my father tells me to do. And Jesus had free will. Sure on that for a second. Jesus, who literally held the responsibility to be a man tempted yet without sin, had free will. Jesus, who went 33 years and never sinned, had free will. Jesus, who had the opportunity to do all of the stuff that we currently do, had free will. Jesus, who was running around pretty much the man with folks dropping leaves, palm leaves at his feet. A group of folks following him wherever he went, and he never made a mistake. And he had free will. Jesus. Jesus who knew all things had to wake up every morning next to Judas and he had free will. I need y'all to hear what I'm saying. When we start saying stuff like I just can't do. It, no, we just choosing not to. Now you don't understand. You don't understand. You know it's different. It's different. Because Jesus is the same guy who said, Let this come. Pass. He said, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nevertheless, listen to it. Not my will. He's showing us right there, right? Your will be done. Jesus, what did you just show me? You had a will the whole time. So, in the garden, you didn't have to put it. When Peter sunk into the water, you could have stayed yeah. You weren't forced. When Lazarus, when you got word that Lazarus had died, you were already not even around. You could have stayed gone. You had a choice. So when we start saying stuff like it's too hard, we've chosen, it's too much. We've chosen. What I'm saying to you is choose. And I know what I'm saying. Y'all look at yourself like, well, wait, no, you know, I'm not God. Thank God we're not. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus is the visible pattern of a standard. We must do more than admire Jesus, right? We have to follow him. And he's the one who said, you know. The works you see, do them. Alright, Jesus. But let me read this one. Turn and jump. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I'm looking at you guys, and you guys are looking at me like, oh, Bishop, it can't be that easy. I didn't say nothing about easy, I said choose. There's consequences to both either side. Right? If you're willing and obedient. Eat the fat of the land. Refuse and rebel. That's a choice, right? You be devoured with the sword. Choose. Right? If you choose to answer that phone call, or you could go ahead and send it to voicemail. Oh, it's quiet now. If you choose to respond to that message, or you could delete it. You choose to go out with them? Or you can tell them you're not going. I can't believe this happened to me. Why not? That's what y'all always do when you're together. I mean, why are you why are we surprised? I got a call one time. What's up, Rob? What's going on, man? I'm in town. That's what's up. We're about to get together with, you know, some folk. Okay? We ain't saving one year. That's what's up. Well, don't you want to, like, come out and kick it? Bro, it's
0: 1030.
1: <laughs> I'm at the house. At the house with my wife and my kids. Oh bro. I'm going, I'm leaving in the morning. Safe travel. <laughs> I'm cool. Because I know what that is. I know what y'all do. See, the only reason you called me is because watch this, you haven't seen me since I was the person who would have come with you so I can't be mad at you because the only version of me that you know is the version of me that would have said yes to your request so why would I point the finger at you don't expect people to make your choice when you choose that doesn't mean that everybody chose what you chose don't get mad at them because they didn't make the choice that you made You're the one that has to make your choice legitimate by your fruit. Otherwise, watch this, if you don't make your choice legitimate, what did I say Sunday? Not only do I need to know God's will, but I need to make sure you know it. Sorry. This This is what I have chosen. I'm not mad at you for what you've chosen. Have fun. God bless you. I'm not doing that. What if I lose friends? What if you gain Jesus? But I just feel like, I just feel like I'm I'm, I'm alone. You feel like you're alone, okay? But are you? And what part of you feels alone? What part of you wants companionship? Because the spirit is never known. And if the flesh part of you wants companionship, why is it your master? Come on, let's think this thing through. Because sometimes we're making decisions and then literally going to God, asking him to clean up the consequence of the choice that we made only to tell God in our prayer erroneously God the reason I did it is because they huh no we chose we made the decision we got in the car we answered the phone we responded to the message we did it so the appropriate response when we have done it is I repent that's the appropriate response Lord, I repent. I think you've even listened to me. <laughs> and then, once you repent, that's not time to beat yourself up. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Get back on the saddle and make good choices. We tell kids to do it all the time. Make good choices today. Make good choices. Today. Come on, make good choices. But we don't make good choices. All right, let me let me read this text. John chapter ten. John chapter ten. Let's. Oh, I start in verse seventeen. For this reason, the Father loves me. Watch, because this is Jesus talking. I laid down my life so that I may take it again. 18. No one has taken it away from me. Oh, it ain't got good yet. But I (laughs) lay it down watch on my own initiative. Stop the press. Did y'all just see free will? Not, not, not I lay it down because God made me. Not God took it from me. Matter of fact, Jesus said nobody took it. I lay my life down on my own initiative. It gets better. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. Do y'all see the scripture? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to I say something that, that I'm sitting here reading. It's not even in my notes. Jesus says, not only did I have the free will to die, I, asked, I also had the free will to get up. Y'all, I need y'all to catch the whole song. Think about what I just said. Oh, he died on your behalf. He died on your behalf. If he would have stayed dead, it still don't work. And Jesus says, not only, not only was... Nobody forced my death. No, I wasn't killed. I wasn't killed. I wasn't murdered. I gave up my life. Matter of fact, I love the way the gospel writer said he gave up the ghost. He could have just been on the cross all day. Just like, spy. I mean, because he's fully man, fully God. I mean, they could have been crucifying him all day. Is like, I don't want to die yet. <laughs> Still want to. <laughs> I'm not ready to die. No, not that. I mean, as you're going to put it in me. will not die. I mean, he's fully man, fully God, right? He said, I gave my life up. Now,
0: but there's another side that we often don't teach.
1: So this means Jesus gave up his life and then made a decision in exactly three days to take it back up. It doesn't say God raised him. He says, I'm the one that has the authority to die I have the authorization. Exousia, right? Other translations oftentimes will call it power. It's not dunamis, that's ability. Exousia is authority. Think about that. So this means that after Jesus died, and he's sitting there, and he's now in the spirit world, the body is gone, he could have said, ooh, I'm tired.
0: Because
1: when he rose, he walked away. Eating with folk, showing his body. I mean, you know, he went up to Thomas. Thomas was like, if it's you, let me put my hand inside." I mean, some of us just want to slap Thomas. <laughs> See these nail prints in my hand, bro? Right? Just slap taste out of Thomas' mouth. He let Thomas touch all in the wounds and stuff. Right? Thomas is looking at him all. Like, you sound like Jesus. You look like Jesus. But I need to touch you. Think about that pattern. How many Thomases do you have in your life? Then all they're asking for is to see the proof. All they want to do is see that it worked for you so they can believe. Uh, How many Thomases have you got an attitude with? How many Judases have you cut off? How many Peters did you not disciple? Quiet here. How many Pauls did you not come back down to see? Because Jesus, by, by the time he comes back to knock Paul down, he was really kicking it by then. He on the throne room of God. He had to come all the way back. Hey, hey Saul, persecute thou me Who is that? It's Jesus.
0: <laughs>
1: Who thou persecuted? I mean, come on! How many folks Well, all you had to do was make an appearance to change their life but you wouldn't? Choice. Because some of us y'all would have let Peter go Thomas go Judas go James and John y'all wouldn't even have thought about them. Like we're not even talking about James and John because I mean you know Peter you should have got them together them is your brothers. <laughs> them is your people. They don't want to let you act crazy so we're going to let y'all be crazy together. I want you to think about that. Jesus. Think about that choice. He was a free moral agent. Just like us, And he made a choice. I choose to die. And I choose to get up. What will you choose? It's not like this is not available. What did Jeremiah say? I know the thoughts. I know the thoughts I have for you. And as, as I was writing my notes, here's the interesting thing about Jeremiah 29 text. Every thought he has for us is a choice we must make. Oh, boy. Say this for a break. So my dad, I've been a watch. I've been into watches since I was a little boy. So my dad had two watches that were pretty much identical. One for me. For my brother. So my brother is 12 years older than me. He got his watch first, because even though the watch was mine, in order to receive the watch, you had to demonstrate a level of the maturity. Are y'all with me? I had to choose to live a certain way to get something that had already been promised. Yeah. Y'all catch it? So my brother, he gets his watch. Still don't know what happened to that watch to this day. We just don't leave it at, it is lost, to protect the innocent. <laughs> he doesn't know where it is. <sighs> and so, watch this. The fact that he lost his watch, and because of my immaturity, it caused me to doubt that I would ever get
0: mine.
1: Explain. He lost his watch. And I was so immature that I thought that the father was going to give the remaining watch to the older brother. Y'all it. But that's not the way this works. He lost his watch. My watch was still waiting for me. Ah! Woo! He didn't get mine. The promise was made to both of them. And so when it was my turn to receive mine, my watch had not been passed to the brother. It was still stored up for me. You see? Two things we must learn. One, just because somebody messes up, that does not mean that their mess up is going to affect your inheritance. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Number two. When God makes you a promise, he makes the promise to you fully independent of what somebody else around you may do. I still got my watch. showed It's at the house. In the watch box. Shoulder. Amen. I asked my phone one time. I said that. He has, he has this ring that I really, really want. And I said, Dad, um, you make sure that um, you put that ring on, because I really I really want that ring. And he said the weirdest thing, but it's so profound. He says, why are you worried about that? The ring was yours when I bought it. What? He says, I don't have to get it to you. It was always yours from the first time I got it. See, we won't on God to give us all my Lord Lord's like, I don't need to give it to you. It's already yours. <laughs> and, and, and he said he says he said you had it. Then it's coming. Huh? So I'm like, It's all this is yours. All this. He tells me all the time, you know, now my father's getting old. He makes sure that I know. Anything happened to me, boy, come in here and get all this. Get this, get this, get this. this. All of this is yours. I miss it. That what the father did, everything he got, he didn't get for him. That's what the Lord is saying to us today. Choose, y'all. Yo. Since you sit up there begging, Lord, do this, but I've already done it. Did it already? I already gave you that. Choose. It. I sat before him. He said, choose it. I get practical. I'll get practical. Right. I do a new job. Choose one. I need happiness. Choose it. I need peace. Choose it. I understand To choose it. To make his decree, his desire, his will priority in your life. If you want peace, what did he say about peace? Make that decree the number one priority in your life and then you will have. You have what you have. That is the Bible, right? I need, I need, I need joy of the Lord. Good. How do I, I don't make a choice? It's a verb. and I need you to, I need you to take everything He taught about joy, make that priority number one in your life, and anything that contradicts that choice has to be discarded. Amen. Because if I choose it and something else happens, I haven't chosen that emotion. (laughs) But they did, but they did. I I still don't I don't I don't choose that. Listen, listen, when I tell you I've anger had me, anger. Ooh. One day I had to decide. Like, I'm not choosing that I mean, anger would come in. Like, irrational thought just, like, rage. Like, I just like I, I could break anything. Oh, it was terrible. I had to make a decision. Yeah, I'm not choosing that. Because by not choosing that, I choose God's will. Amen. You good? Y'all learn something? Father, thank you for the word, thank you for your truth. Allow us, God, to be governed by that word, to choose that word, to put that word in action today in our life.
0: You have just listened to part 7.5 of the Marketplace Movement Podcast. There's work to be done series. There's still so much more training to go. Please like us on the Marketplace Movement Instagram page. Follow us on Twitter at Marketplace R E A L, and visit the website, TheMarketplaceMovement.org. We invite you to worship with us at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio or catch us on Periscope every Sunday and Wednesday. Remember, there is no such thing as God's permissive will, just God's will. We hope to see you soon. Marketplace movement where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.